0: Studying this week for the sermon and kind of what the what the Lord wanted to uh, wanted me to share, I was uh, I was kind of going through some devotions and uh, and kind of read the Word a little bit and I came across this devotion that's actually going to serve as the backbone for today's sermon. So my title this morning is Lessons from the Rich Young Ruler. It's one of, one of my favorite stories in the Bible and, and so many times we think that this story is purely about money and possessions. Well, it's actually so much more important than just that. See, the purpose of this story is to remind you that nothing, I repeat, nothing is more important than a walk with Jesus. Amen? See, for this rich young ruler, his issue was money and possessions. His his issue was that. But for others, it's something else. And, you know, so many times we just classify this story as, well, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the, ta- the top tax bracket. I, I don't live on that side of the tracks. This message is not for me. No, it's for all of us because it's a warning that anything that we put before the Lord is an idol. You see, we serve a God who's a very awesome God, very loving God, but also a very jealous God. And one of the Ten Commandments was, thou shalt have what? No gods before me. For this rich young ruler, his God was money. For others I've met, their God has been pride. Their God has been themselves. Okay? You ever met anybody? It seems like the world revolves around them. Don't look at them right now, it might hurt their feelings. Okay? But I just want to warn you, whether you're a senior saint, whether whether you're a young adult today, don't put anything before God. This this story will, will illustrate that point very, very well. So this story is found in Luke chapter number 18, and it serves as an example to all of us that nothing is worth not, not forsaking all and following Jesus. You know, wise men learn from their mistakes. How I many have heard that? Wise men learn from their mistakes. But really, wise men learn from other people's mistakes. So today, I just want to challenge you. We have an example in this story with the rich and ruler, and we can learn from his tragic mistake. See, we've all learned from the examples of others. Take my time as a pastor. I've had some great pastors, great mentors that have spoken in my life. You know, uh, back when I got my start in ministry, a, a gentleman by the name of Otis Moore was my senior pastor. In many ways, he was my spiritual father. Gave me my first opportunity to minister and uh, gave me a job as his youth pastor and put up with a whole lot of foolishness that comes when you have a 22-year-old youth pastor. And, uh, and he taught me many great examples. And I've worked for other people, and I've had mentors in my life who have poured into me, and I've learned from their example. But believe it or not, I've also been around a few pastors that their negative examples spoke to me as well. Ronnie, you ever been around some of those folks? Okay? How many, how many siblings, how many siblings have learned from what your bigger brother or bigger sister did and the way mama reacted, John, you said, I don't want to do that. Okay? You ever learned from somebody else's example, right? Yeah, Coop, you've been there, right? Okay? Hey, Miss Page is going, he needs to really learn his lesson. No, I'm just kidding. But, but you see the way somebody reacts to something, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, uh, the church that I pastored in the Zalmans was started by a gentleman named Cecil Janway. Brother Janway was our superintendent for some 20 years here in our state. And he had a statement that just kind of sums this example up so well. There's nothing to be learned from the second kick of a mule. Let that sink in, Brother Donald. Nothing to be learned from the second kick, okay? You know, the first kick was on the mule. The second kick, it's on you. How many guys, we didn't learn our lessons the first time. How many of you guys, now maybe you didn't get kicked by a mule, but you've been kicked by your brother-in-law 29 times. What are you going to learn? You know what? When somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. That's not today's sermon, but that's just a thought, okay? But here's the deal. Today we're going to learn from... A very poor example of what not to do, but you know what? I believe that the Word of God can speak to us today. So let's get to it. Luke chapter number eighteen. I'm going to read the story to you. It begins in verse number eighteen, and I'm going to read down through verse number twenty-seven. So the Bible says this: and a certain ruler asked him, talking about Jesus, saying, "Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" Well, that's a good question, right there, guys. He's asking good. Verse 19. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth on up. Verse 22. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that you have. And distribute it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, because he was very rich. And when Jesus saw this, he was very sorrowful. He said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into heaven. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Guys, this is an amazing story, and it has one of the great promises of the Bible. Those things that are impossible for you or I are absolutely possible with God. But let's pray today that God would open up our hearts and open up our minds to learn some lessons from the rich young ruler. Because you know what? If we can learn these lessons, if we can apply them to our lives, we can be everything God wants us to be. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I just ask right now that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds to receive from you. I thank you, Lord God, that you are so good and so great and so mighty. I ask today, Lord God, that you would help me to communicate your word in a way that would be a blessing to your people. God, help us to learn some lessons today from the rich young ruler, so that, Lord, we don't make some tragic mistakes that would cost us very much. Help us today, Lord God, to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, guys, uh, this came from a devotion that I read a a, a little while back, and that'll kind of serve as the backbone, so let me just share just a couple things with you. First of all, this man really had two problems. Now, I don't know about you, but that ain't bad. How many in here have, uh, have at least two problems? Lift your hand, okay? If you have more than two children, you should be lifting your hand right now, okay? Now, I'm just kidding. We love our little problems, okay? No, they're all good, okay? But this guy had at least two problems. Now, Seth, that's doing pretty good, okay? On any given day, I've got at least two problems, okay? Sometimes I have more than that, okay? Been, you understand, right? Okay. Got a little problem on the way, but he's going to be such a cute little fella, okay? don't oh, oh, look at Oh, it's a girl. Yeah, it is. You know me in details in details, okay? It's going to be a baby, right? You know what, this is so funny, senior, and I love this story. You know, I go visit uh, people in the hospital, that's what we preachers do, okay? And uh, especially when we go see babies, now normally she comes with me because I'm so bad when she asks me the questions when I get back. And she'd be like, so tell me about the baby, baby, boy or girl. And then I try to think, was it pink or blue? Okay. And then I make a guess on that one. I normally get that one right, except when I just didn't. 50 yeah, 50 chance. Okay. And then she's like, "How long? Oh, that long? I mean, is there a slot limit? Okay. We're not talking about fish. Okay. I mean, it's a keeper. I know that much. Okay. <laughs> How much does it weigh? <laughs> I don't know, state record, maybe. So again, Matt, you feel my pain, right? We start going into those details. So, you know, I'm I'm sorry, it's a little girl. Okay, but I promise you, once you get that little girl dressed in pink, I won't make that mistake again, because unlike some in here, I'm not colorblind. But here's the deal. This guy had two problems, okay, which is not bad, really. But Jesus put his finger on both of them. See, here's the amazing thing. Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He loved this rich and ruler. He wanted to speak truth into his heart. And he wanted to deal with exactly what was troubling him. That's good news for all of us in here. Because how many know that the church is not a place for perfect people to hang out? If we only let perfect people in the doors, guess what? None of you would make it. By the way, I couldn't preach either because I ain't perfect. None of us are, okay? But the church is a hospital for sick people. It's a place where you and I can come in one way and leave a different way. And the rich young ruler came to Jesus, came to the master, and he asked some good questions. He said, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to have eternal life? He's asking good questions, okay? And then Jesus is beginning to deal with what really troubles him. And he touches both of his issues. And let's look at what they are. The first one is this. He discovered... That keeping a bunch of religious rules cannot fill the emptiness in your soul. Only a relationship with Christ can do that. You see, guys, sometimes we, we, we religious folks, and I can say we because I've been in church 25 years now. We religious folks think it's all about keeping a bunch of rules. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some rules that need to be kept. But the reason we keep the rules is because our relationship with Jesus. I've used this example before. I've been married to this pretty girl in the front row for 25 years, okay? Wow. It's amazing, okay? For 25 years, I have been her husband. She has been my wife, okay? And I have been completely faithful to her. Why have I been faithful to her? Because that's the rules, right? No. No. Because I love her. I would want to do nothing to hurt her. I would want to do nothing to shame her. I'd want to do nothing to embarrass her. So because of our relationship, I do what I'm supposed to do also do the clothes every now and then. Oh, not not very well, okay? I even got him once or twice, okay? I tried to do such a poor job, she asked me not to do it again, okay? That's where Hunter gets his lesson of cutting grass, okay? But, But here's the deal, guys. I'm faithful to her. Why? Because I love her because of relationship. Why do we do what God asked us to do? Because we love him. Because we're in relationship with him. Sometimes we in church, we so focus on the rules that we forget why we're supposed to keep the rules. This rich-run ruler just, just thought that it was all about keeping rules. Because when Jesus tells him, gives him a few rules, gives him a few basics, thou shalt not kill, thou should not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. Old boy says, I've done them all. Now the first thing I do, seniors, I kind of scratch my head and I go, really? Really? Okay? Really? He just said, I'd never lied. We might have just caught him in one right there, huh? But again, that's for a different story on a different day. But this guy thought it was all about keeping the rules. But Jesus was going to teach the rich young ruler and teach all of us since then that it's not about rule keeping. It's about relationship. Because how many know that religion is all about rules? But relationship is what changes a life. See, I grew up in a religious environment. I grew up in a religious environment that said, these are the rules. Here's what you're supposed to do. And it did nothing to change my heart. But when I met Jesus, Seth, it changed everything. And all of a sudden, guess what? I started keeping the rules. Why? Because I love Jesus. So, again, the first issue that this guy had was it's all about keeping rules. Now, rules are important. Teenagers, don't miss me. Hey, and there's still going to be rules, okay? I know you're a senior. There's still rules. There's still times for you to be in. Hunter, believe it or not, even at college, there's still a rule or two, okay? That RA who was so nice to you on Friday, you try to a party in the middle of the night and see how he turns into a gremlin, Okay? So, guys, there's always rules to be kept, but we need to remember the reason behind the rules, okay? And it's about a relationship. The second thing that, that this rich ruler discovered was that he didn't just own riches, his riches owned him. See, guys, that's really what the problem was, okay? Jesus just basically said, here are some rules. How you doing at that? He's like, I got them. Okay, again, that's in question possibly. But then he says, okay, one thing you lack. One thing, one simple thing I'm asking you to do. Sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. You see, here's the deal, guys. Jesus knows what's that one thing holding you back. He knew exactly what this rich young ruler was dealing with. He knew exactly what the heart of his problem was, and he knows exactly what the heart of your problem is. And Jesus wanted to touch that thing. Why? Because Jesus wanted him to follow him. Jesus wanted this rich young ruler to follow him and to be a disciple and to to, to, to go into an amazing time of ministry. But he was unwilling to give up that one thing. And guys, it's a tragic, tragic story. Because we really don't know how the story ends. We just know that he was sorrowful and he went away from Jesus. You see, guys... His riches owned him, and it kept him from following Jesus. Now, the truth of the matter is, he had so much potential. You know, I love that word potential, okay? And whenever I hear the word potential, some of you have heard me told this, tell this story before. I think of Hokey Geisho. I'm going to remember Hokey Gaijo. Hokey was the play-by-play guy for the Saints, okay? Him and Jim Henderson were an amazing team, okay? And I remember the 2005 football season. Why would you bring that up? It was about as ugly a season as it could be, okay? Now, it was the season before we got the greatest quarterback to ever play football, named Drew Brees. We had a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers, right? Well, no. Okay? Shame me. Whew, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I'm prophesying. Think we might get Aaron Rodgers? I like that. I feel that. Okay? Um, So we had a guy named Aaron Brooks. Now, Aaron looked the part. He was tall. He was athletic. He could literally throw the ball from here to Morgan City. It was an amazing town. Okay? And they always talked about his potential to be great. And during that 2005 season, it was a long season, we lost a whole lot more than we won. And I guess they just got to a point where Hokie got tired of hearing about potential. And I will never forget this statement, and here's what he said. He said, you know, funny thing, Jim, about potential means he hadn't done it yet. Let that sink in. Potential is awesome, okay? Hey, you have amazing potential, but you, you haven't fully done it yet. Have you have your senior year, you have 10 Friday nights, and I think you'll do it, okay? But the amazing thing about potential, John, is we haven't done it yet. This amazing, rich young ruler had great potential. Think about all the good things he could do for the kingdom. Clearly, he had influence, he had riches, he had so much to offer, but he hadn't done it yet. He hadn't made the decision to do everything God wanted him to do. And then when presented the opportunity, when Jesus said, there's only one thing you need to do, Ronnie, I have a feeling, if he was talking to you or I, he'd say, there's 29 things you need to do, Ronnie. Mo, there's 42 things you need to do. Okay. Thanks, Jesus. I'll work on this list. But to this old boy, there was only one thing, just one thing. And he couldn't do it. See, guys, it's such a tragic story because he let one thing keep him from an amazing opportunity to follow Jesus. He could have leveraged his resources, his network, his energy for kingdom causes, but he wanted to keep it for himself. And the Bible captions his life in four words. He became very sorrowful. He was very sorrowful. He was not willing to do the one thing that God only son asked him to do. Here's the score. The rich young ruler eventually became the rich old ruler. And imagine the regrets that he had. Imagine all the regrets. Imagine how many times he thought back to this story. Sister Garland, imagine how many times he thought about that encounter he had with the Master. Those words that pierced his heart and brought great sorrow to him. Imagine how many times he thought about that. I don't know if he told the story. It's probably such a shameful story. He probably didn't, okay? But how many times do you think he thought back to that moment when he had the opportunity of a lifetime, but he missed it? He failed to make the right decision. He failed to say yes to Jesus. See, the rich young ruler didn't stay young all his life. He became a rich old ruler. And again, we don't know how the story ends. That's the amazing thing about some of these stories in the Bible. You don't know how they end. Maybe a few years later, he came to his senses. Because here's the amazing thing about the grace of God. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you have the power of choice. You have the power to make a choice. It doesn't matter if you made a poor choice as a rich young ruler. As an older man, you can make a good choice. See, I didn't come to faith till I was 20. Some of you, it took a little longer than that. We call me a hard hit. Okay? Some of you grew up in church, and you don't remember one moment of not serving God. We're a little jealous of you. Okay? Because that's an awesome testimony. But this rich young ruler had the opportunity of a lifetime, and he missed the opportunity. He failed to seize the opportunity because one thing held him back. Imagine the regrets. Until the day he died, he remembered the words of Jesus, Come, follow me. And Jesus makes the same offer to you and I today. If you say no, you'll regret it at the end of your life. But if you say yes, you'll be rewarded with joy and a level of blessing that you never knew was possible. I challenge you today, Lighthouse Community Church, let's live a life of no regrets. Let's make up our mind today to say yes to every God opportunity that we can, to not let one thing or anything keep us from a closer walk with Jesus. Amen? Now let's go a little deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper today. The rich young ruler may rank as one of the most religious people in all of Scripture. He was very religious. He kept the rules, or at least he said he did. He did a lot of things right. He kept all the commandments. That's what he said, okay? He said he kept all the commandments, okay? You know, I uh, um, I, I, I love the, 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 the actor named The Rock. Anybody know him? The Rock Johnson? What's his first name? Dwayne Johnson, yeah. He does that little thing with his eyebrow. I kind of wish... Can anybody do that? Can you do that? Dude, you just did it. That is awesome. Come here, baby. Come here. Come here. You're watching my Facebook, okay? No, it's really good. Do what you just did. Now see that? Is that awesome? You need to pray that I can do that, okay? That is so cool, okay? I, I can't do that, okay? But it's that little eyebrow thing that he does, okay? And when old Richard Brewer said, Stop, okay? I'm trying to preach. Okay, I use you as an. Ex- I used you enough last week. You should have learned your lesson. Okay, but but that little eyebrow thing. Whenever the boy says, "I keep all the commandments," really? Okay, it's kind of like, come on now, seriously. But again, Jesus said there's one thing that you lack. Again, that's a con- that's a good thing right there. He only lacked one thing. Sadly, that one thing kept him from a closer walk with Jesus. See, here's a truth right here. Although he kept all the commandments, although he was very religious, listen to your pastor for a second. You can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. Well, oh, that's good, know. You're taking notes today. You can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. By definition, righteousness is doing something right righteousness, what we're called to be is righteous people is doing something right. it's an action of doing something right. It's an action of being considered righteous or in right standing with God. It's an action of doing something right, not not doing something wrong. You see we've reduced it we've reduced righteousness to doing nothing wrong. We fixate ourselves on sins of commission. Don't do this, don't do that. You're okay, but that is holiness by subtraction. See, it's your sins of omission—what you would have, could have, or should have done—that breaks the heart of the heavenly Father. And see, you and I are called to be righteous. We're not called to be religious. In fact, if you call me religious, we might just fight. (laughs) That is—that is an insult to be called religious, Steve. Religious. Just makes me cringe, okay? And You got a better chance of hearing me say RTR in the next couple months. You don't know what that means? I'm not telling you, okay? Something about that team in Tuscaloosa, okay? Yeah, I said that right, okay? Here's the deal, guys. So many times, though, we focus on sins of commission. But I think it's those sins of omission that breaks the Father's heart. What are those sins of omission? Maybe that opportunity that you had to share Jesus and you you passed, Maybe the Holy Spirit was prompting you to say something to a co-worker, or say something to a student, or say something to somebody that you had an opportunity with, and, and you said no. Maybe it's not praying for that person who shared their need with you. Guys, how many times have you had somebody just out of the blue set start telling you about a situation, telling you about a need? There's a reason why God is having that person do that, for you to say, can we pray? Guys, i tell you, I've never had somebody go, uh, no. just doesn't work like that, okay? Now, I've talked to people about Jesus, and I don't say, no. But I've never had somebody share their heart with me, share a situation, and I say, may I pray? No, I'm good. They don't do that, okay? When you simply take an opportunity that God puts on your lap, but how many times have we passed? How many times have we been oblivious? Why? Because we're worried about our life. We're worried about what we're going through. We're worried about watching that the checkout person doesn't ring something out up incorrect, and we miss a God opportunity. The rich young ruler missed the God opportunity. We need to stop missing God opportunities because we're so focused on ourselves. We're so focused on our lives. But I think it's those sins of omission that really break the Lord's Maybe not giving to that need when God spoke to your heart. You know what, guys? The Lord, when the Lord speaks to your heart about something financially, He's not checking your checkbook balance. He's checking your faith. You ever been there? You ever been there? Lord, 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 I don't know if I can do this. Guess what? He's never going to ask you to do something you can't do. But often He'll ask something that you don't want to do. Just this week, I was dealing with a big decision, and I had some really good counsel given me. And I came in the sanctuary, and I told Sister Garland the story. I said, Lord, I know what everybody's telling me, but what do you want me to do? And in fact, everybody had told me one thing, and Miss Amber, if God had told me something else, I was going to walk out this room, and we were going to do something else. But God spoke to my heart that he's given me good counsel. He's had men of God speak truth into me. And I felt a peace that we were doing the right thing. You see, guys, at the end of the day, you just got to do what God wants you to do. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to answer to your wife. Woo, amen. You're not going to answer to your mother-in-law. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to answer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch it, Mike. (laughs) You're going to answer to the Lord. You're going to stand before him one day, every one of us. And we're going to have to give an account for how we lived our lives. We're going to have to say, how did we respond when God spoke to our heart? We're going to have to answer even for sins of omission. So guys, I just want to challenge you today. Righteousness is not about not doing wrong things. It's about doing the right things. It's about being obedient to whatever God speaks to your heart. And this rich, young, ruler's life illustrates that you can miss an opportunity from God, but you don't have to. We can have our eyes wide open. We can ask the Lord to help us take full advantage of every God opportunity. See, if you're a parent, you understand this principle. Don't you love it when your kids, we we love it, of course, when our kids don't do something wrong. But you love it even more when they do something right, don't you, Sean? Man, don't you love when when our boys do everything right? Don't you love when our boys don't get a ticket? Don't you love when when they don't wreck their car? I'm sorry, I'm I'm almost over that, okay? Uh, Don't you love when they don't do this, and? but you love it even more when they do something right? When they do the clothes without you asking, when they clean up their room without oh, take notes, boys, I'm just giving you examples, okay? When when they do all these things without being asked and oh here's a good one, without wanting something. How many as parents when your kids do something, Miss Danielle, you're like, What do you want, Grace? <laughs> Here comes the big ask. What does she want? There must be a party, a small gathering. There there must be some some new shoes, okay? wait. You ever had that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Courtney does something super sweet, and you're like, yeah, that's going to cost me money. Okay, now you don't say that. Well, maybe you do. But but you're thinking, this is going to cost me something. But don't you love it when your kids do right just for for because? Well, our Heavenly Father is no different. Oh, he loves when you keep the rules. He loves when you don't do wrong. But he loves it even more when you do right. He loves us so much more when you when you just love on people like his son loves on people. When you just care for people like he cares for people. When you just go above and beyond. When you love above the line and you just show love and compassion everywhere you go. You see, that's righteousness. That's doing the right thing. You see, friends... We have been saved to serve. Say that again. We have been saved to serve. You've been saved from your sins in order to serve God and to serve others. Amen? We have an opportunity to serve. Let's take advantage of that. This rich young ruler forgot that. He forgot that God had given him everything that he had in order to serve others. And Jesus wanted him to do that. He said, go and do what? Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Serve others. Put others first. But sadly, he, had, he continued to put himself first. And that's what really gets us in trouble sometimes. You know, guys, all of us in here struggle with selfishness. Every one of us. Because at the end of the day, we're worried about ourselves. We, if we don't look out for ourselves, who will? Friends, God will. Amen? What if I don't look out for myself? What if I don't take care of myself? The Word of God says He'll take care of you. And you have to trust that. Well, 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 somebody might take advantage of me. Yep, welcome to the club. How I many of you in here have ever been taken advantage of? Lift your hand. Absolutely, it happens, right? They can say, God taking advantage of him for volunteering him and having him do the whole church parking lot for like $12, okay? Okay, that's probably child labor laws. I didn't really do that for those watching by Facebook. <coughs> it's a little bit more than $12. Okay, right back to here. Where was I? I need to stop looking at him a little bit. Look, guys, we've been saved to serve. We're called to serve God, and we're called to serve others. And the rich young ruler didn't do a very good job at either one of those things. But it's a great example to you and I that we can be different, that you and I can take a step of faith and serve others. You see, Paul says, God created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us. That's Ephesians 2.10 in the New Literal Translation. God has a personal plan for your life called his will. You see, guys, we got to get to the place that his will is greater than my will. we got to get to the place that his will, the things that he wants for our life, more important, more pressing than our will. What we want is important, but it's not near as important as His will. You see, the facts are, you can't you can't just play defense, you have to play offense. This week I was watching some film, I'm going to use Hayden again, I'm getting used to this. You know, actually, I was watching like, no Hunter, you weren't in there yet, me and Hayden are watching film together, we're watching practice, okay? And I'm so glad that I was watching it from the air-conditioned house and not out there watching it in person like I have the last four years, okay? And he's showing me some new plays and their defense is just really, really good, okay? Hayden's pretty good this year and he's laying some licks and it's looking good. And, and uh, I think Hunter comes in a little later and he goes, "Dad, man, I tell you what, bro, it could be really good this year. They're going to surprise some the people. Their defense is really salty. And man, they, and I said, what did I say, Hunter? I said That's nice, but they still got to score. Because, again, the defense looks nice, but as the old offensive coordinator, we miss the Sanford kid and the Jones kid, okay? (laughs) Those two guys were really, really good, and every offense has to score. You see, the example to us is it's not enough to just not do the wrong things. John, we got to do the right things, okay? I think you're pretty good at not doing the wrong things. Now, as we grow in our walk with Christ, let's make sure we do all the right things. We do everything the Lord tells us to do. Amen? Guys, I would say that none of us in here are perfect in that area. But we can strive. We can draw closer. We can say, Lord, I want to learn a lesson from this rich young ruler, and I don't want to miss another opportunity. Lord, open my eyes to see every God opportunity that you lay before me, okay? But from this day forward, you can be everything God wants you to be. You can take full advantage of every God opportunity and learn from this rich young ruler because you have been saved to serve. Just can't play defense, you have to play offense. You can't just do nothing wrong, you have to do something right. You can't just follow the rules, you've been called to follow Jesus. See, it's not about following the rules. It's about following Jesus. This rich young ruler missed that. Jesus said, I'm glad that you followed the rules. Now sell all that you have and follow me. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. You see, if you feel bad for the rich young ruler, it shouldn't be because of what Jesus asked him to give up, but because of the opportunity he passed up. He missed the opportunity of a lifetime. Imagine saying no to a three-year internship with the creator of the world, with the Son of God. What Jesus asked him to give up was nothing compared to what Jesus offered him in return. Sadly, he said no. But you and I can learn from his example, and we can say yes. And we can begin living the life that Jesus wants us to live. Amen? The abundant life that was promised in John. 1010. As Pastor Tommy comes, guys, I just want to remind you again today. We can learn some lessons from the rich young ruler. We can learn some lessons from a missed opportunity. We can learn some lessons about priorities. But the biggest lesson for us to learn is, don't let one thing keep you from a closer walk with Jesus. Amen? Amen? You have been saved to serve. We've been called to a high calling. So as I close, like the rich young ruler, is there anything that you may be hold, that may be holding you back from a closer, more intimate walk with Jesus?